0: grim i'm zolgar <laughs> that's kaiju
1: and this is two idiots and a dog idiots on film where we explore movies that we love or think are important for pop culture this week we're talking about the atom project from netflix
0: ah uh, so the atom project you know i actually don't really remember why i put this one on the list at this point <laughs> it's timely and topical you said and then, you know, we did it a year later. <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, we need to get better about that. But anyways, uh, part of the reason I did choose to do uh, this movie we're doing that <laughs> what's the title of the movie, Zolgar? <laughs> Tell me the name of the movie, Zolgar. The name of the movie is That Time I Killed Grimm and Buried Him in the Backyard and Used His his Grave site as a Monster Truck Rally for my RC Truck and I just uh, I don't know. That's the weirdest anime title I've ever heard. (laughs) Yes, that is part of the title, by the way.
1: It's not (sighs) the the weirdest title I've ever heard. Uh, You need to watch more anime.
0: That's still part of the title.
1: No, no, no. That's a Panic! at the Disco song. By Imagine Dragons? (sighs) Featuring Fallout Boy.
0: (sighs) Okay, this episode's off to a smashing start.
1: All right, well, I'm just going to go ahead and start the main episode now, since... This
0: preamble is a show. <coughs> ah. Uh, but it, it was a good, fun movie that, you know, it was enjoyable. And I wanted to talk about it at the time. It and was then, okay. And that's the episode, folks. It was okay.
1: Thanks for coming by. Um, we'll see you all next uh, two, about two weeks. Two weeks. We'll see you all in about two weeks. Ah. Oh, oh, hold on, hold on. Okay, so our once again, our non-existent production staff are telling us that we have to actually do an episode. Uh,
0: damn Kaiju is telling us that if we don't actually do an episode, then people are going to stop backing us on Patreon, which means I can st- I have to stop buying cookies for. Her, at which point, you know, it's it's
1: it's just it's unacceptable. So it's all downhill from there, really. Next thing you'll find us both in a gutter. Not because we've fallen further or anything, just because we, we we're in a gutter for no reason. It's us. Hey, I class up this gutter. Putting your stickers on the guttered is not classing it up. Yah. Huh. This is not Lisa Frank.
0: Yeah, huh? Also, it's not it's not stickers, it's my button collection. <sighs> Anyways, What were we talking about again?
2: I'm not getting paid enough for this crap. Uh, I don't know. What movie are we talking about, Zulgar? We are
0: talking about a silly, fun action movie starring Ryan Reynolds.
2: Mm -hmm. What's it called? I mean, do we really
0: need to give the title? Because they're pretty much all the same at this point.
1: That's why we need to
0: give the title. (laughs) (laughs) No, we'll just talk about it, and people can figure out which one it is by the context clues of what movie we're talking about. And if they can't, well, then they'll just decide that we were talking about Deadpool. No, wait, no. Deadpool 2, because time travel's involved. You know, this movie kind of is Deadpool 2, only, you know, a little bit more family-friendly. There's a kid. There's time travel. There's Ryan Reynolds. There's weird tech.
1: needs more Josh Brolin.
0: But we do have uh, Mark Ruffalo, so, you know, close enough.
1: That's not even dollar store Josh Brolin. Like, that's a completely different brand. That's a completely different product. Eh. That's like going in to get, like, dollar store Dr. Pepper and coming out with, like... Dollar store bubblegum soda like they're they're not even remotely related, other than that they are both a beverage
0: eh okay, so once again, we are talking about the atom Project, which was released in twenty twenty two on Netflix, starring Ryan Reynolds, Walker Scobel, and a bunch of people i don't remember their names
1: <laughs> Jennifer Garner, Zoe Saldana. Yeah, those are the important ones. I guess the villain is important, but I'm too lazy to look her up, so...
0: Eh. And then there's the guy villain, you know, and then there's Mark Ruffalo, who plays Mark Ruffalo. I mean, he, he basically plays Bruce Banner without the Hulk.
2: And a little more snark. I, I think without the Hulk, Bruce Banner would be more snark. It's possible. So...
1: The cast, which we just listed off, mostly,
2: uh, were pretty good. Not gonna lie.
0: I mean, Ryan Reynolds is, well, Ryan Reynolds
2: and always fun. Yep.
1: Mm, Zoe Saldana kicked all the ass. As she tends to. Mark Ruffalo ruffaloed. He ruffaloed all over the place i will say having jennifer garner playing the mom character was a refreshing change of pace for me
0: yeah and and she played that she played the
1: mom very well She did she did problem is though i spent the whole movie going dude your mom's hot
0: well yeah and uh for the record uh the villain was katherine keener
1: which she does a good villain yeah, she, she also hasn't done a lot. Because she was also the villain in Incredibles 2.
2: That she was. Which that would be where
0: I'd heard her voice before.
1: Yep. She still looks really familiar to me, but like I can't find anything where she would have been on camera that I would have seen her in. So I, that's got to just be a, one of those face mo- moments. But Her voice definitely heard it before. And her body double did a great job as well. Because it's honestly not easy playing another version of a character that's already on screen.
0: And yet someone else in this movie. Knocked it
1: out of the park. A little bit, yeah. I'm kind of wondering if they did the uh, Chris Evans, Tom Hiddleston thing. But I mean, even if they did for a kid that age. Oh, yeah, no, like, I'm not knocking the kids chops or anything like he was pretty much mini me Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, I mean, Walker Scobel,
0: And I hope I'm pronouncing that last name right. He kind of stole the show with this because he captured Ryan Reynolds. Timing and snark
1: so well. I think that's part of it that makes it work is is the perspective shifts throughout the movie because we start this movie where we are I think we got like a very brief little little prologue intro moment. Then we spend a good chunk of this this early movie with young Adam. We we go through his crappy day at school. And you gotta admit, that crappy day at school right there, that
0: that was, I mean that was Ryan right there. Yeah, the, you know, you know, we've talked about this. Also, did you know that he is going to be playing Percy Jackson in the Percy Jackson TV series?
1: Oh, is that who they got? Cool. Yep. So we, we, we start with this perspective of where we're with young Adam, right? And I can't pinpoint the moment, but somewhere we shift to where we're honestly mostly following things from adult Adams perspective. It's it's a very subtle tonal shift that I can't quite explain. And you can actually see that tonal shift in the epilogue scenes as well because there there is a little bit of a slight difference in in tone between young Adam's epilogue and older Adam's epilogue. Yeah. I think about the the point where it shifts
0: is where the girlfriend shows up. Or wife, I should say. Yeah. Because that's also when the movie, that's when the stakes raise. Because if you think about it, prior to that, that point,
2: nobody was killed. They, the
0: opposing troops start dying when she shows up.
1: Yeah. The real question is, and this is never explained in the confines of the movie, mind you, so who knows? Are they actually dead? Or are they just violently snapped back to their fixed time?
0: Hmm. That is an interesting question.
1: Because all we see is them explode into quantum glitter, as you put it. Cosmic confetti. But does that mean that they're gone? Gone? Or is that just because the, the, the glittery effect is a little similar to what we see around the e- coronal edges of the stable wormholes. So makes you wonder.
0: Hmm. That is, that is an interesting point.
1: Just something to ponder. I mean, technically speaking, nobody in this movie died. Well, one person died in this movie.
0: And one could also argue that technically speaking, everybody in this movie died.
1: Yeah, certainly the versions we knew.
0: And I mean, at which point that becomes a question. When you're dealing with time travel, if you change history... Does that kill the versions of people you used to know?
1: Now you're just somebody that I used to know. And then we get slapped with a lawsuit. It was less than six seconds. We're fine.
2: Thank Christ it was less than six seconds.
0: I mean, I could just start belting out all the karaoke ever. and it's fine. If you want to do that, um, let me put you in touch with one of the other podcasts that actually is a podcast about bad karaoke. And then, you know, you can do that. And what do you mean bad karaoke? There's no such thing as good karaoke.
2: There is. I have seen it. Nope.
0: Even good karaoke is bad karaoke. Face is bad karaoke. Your mom's face is bad karaoke.
1: Your face's mom is bad karaoke. That doesn't even make any sense. Your bad karaoke doesn't make any sense. (laughs) Ha ha ha.
0: Ah, uh, what is wrong with us? We
1: don't got that kind of time.
0: Okay, anyways, uh, back on track, sort of, maybe. Are we? For two Are seconds. Are you sure?
1: I'm not even sure there is a track anymore.
0: I think the, the kind of question about time travel there is a good segue into the tech. Dun, dun,
1: dun. So they only, in the most vaguest of terms, explain how their time travel technology works. Uh, something involving wormholes and quantum electromagnets, which aren't even really a thing, but sure, we'll go with it. And that has somehow still distilled down into all sorts of weird and interesting tech. Like a lightsaber. It's not a lightsaber. It's a lightsaber. Never seen a lightsaber do that. So he does have a collapsing rod. <laughs> which he proudly displays. Oh yeah. Double ended. <laughs> Hello Kinky. ladies. That's about as far as I'm going to take that joke. Um... <laughs> Uh and. Uh, but the blades don't cut. They are not heated plasma. They are definitely some sort of quantum fuckery.
0: Well, and they, they kind of cut. I mean, because. If it was just blunt force, that car was not going fast enough for it to break a tree trunk. So there is some form of cutting going on there. I don't think it's cutting, though. Well, then how did it go through the tree trunk? Quantum physics! Do you know them? So what you're saying is it cuts
2: with quantum physics. It is not
1: actually cutting. Then then what is it doing? Cutting cuts into a material and redistributes the material around the blade in such a way that it severs things, right? Okay. I think that thing was actually literally dissolving matter. But it wasn't burning, so it wasn't a lightsaber. Uh, Especially because of some of the other things that thing can do. So, if, if you die outside your fixed time, you turn it into cosmic confetti. Yes. Which is kind of implied to be some sort of quantum effect because of the same coloration being used in the wormholes and that's the same coloration and effects that are used on the not a lightsaber because there are times where he will actually use it to project what a a a quantum kinetic field for lack of a better term
0: and he also uses it to do that really badass kip up move
1: yep and shockwave. Yep, that's what I'm talking about. That, that stuff right there. This, this... It's a fascinating piece of technology, and they didn't explain how it works, because if they tried to explain how it works, it wouldn't work.
0: Yeah, if they tried to explain how it worked, it would have been uh, either Star Trek pseudoscience,
1: which is, well... I mean, the, the science we got was Star Trek pseudoscience. yeah and there was further it would have been even more ridiculous
0: yeah the level of star trek pseudoscience we got in the movie was that right level of okay i can buy this in, in the context of the movie without the
1: and now we're going to explain everything with pseudoscience or the inverse, which is where we are now stuck in a three-hour lecture on quantum physics.
0: Uh, so, uh, other tech. I I did like the fact that they had the tech in this film uh, bio-encrypted, which was partially, you know, a MacGuffin gadget to make sure that the kid came along for the ride. Yeah. But it also makes sense to have, especially your weaponry and other high-end tech like that, bio-encoded to certain users. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, because the last thing you want is your enemy picking up one of your guy's weapons and using it against
1: your people. Unfortunately, in this particular instance, their opponent happened to be somebody who is still registered. And the thing of it is, they could start making an argument about, well, why didn't they just remove him from the registry? Or remove her from the registry. And the fact of the matter is, um, that can be explained simply by going, well, if she, she did that, she would need to start explaining why and how. And, and, and it just gets messy. Now, what they should have had, and
0: any villain worth their salt is an idiot for not doing this. Your high-end tech like that, especially like time travel tech, have a kill switch. Have a button you can push that shuts it down or destructs it. And considering it can bioencoded, you can have a bioencoded or that button to just
1: you. That nah, sounds fake. Your face is fake. Well, We're not doing that again. There are a couple of other elements of the time travel and, and stuff in the movie that, um, that we, need to, we need to touch on.
2: Touch, touch. i'm not touching you i know you're
1: not because you're in a completely different room
0: well now you've just gone and broken the illusion
1: your face is an illusion
0: i thought you said we weren't doing that again
1: we aren't you noticed that we're not continuing the bit uh so one of the things i want to touch on is one of the elements of time travel that they clearly spell out and that is how paradoxes work or rather how they don't happen
0: Mm, well, it actually never really addresses true paradox.
1: Well, you know, if you go back and you make a change, there, there are certain inherent paradoxes to that. They don't even bother because uh, they even hang a lantern on it with the, with the whole multiversal questioning that the kid gives. And he's just like, God, we watch too many movies. In this particular franchise, there is no multiversal split nor is there, you go back, you change the thing, you go forward and you remember everything. Uh, the way they explain it is that everybody has a fixed point in time where they belong. So for example, adult Adam belongs in 2050. The version of kid Adam we learnt, me, belongs in 2022, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And that you are intrinsically tied to your fixed time. And if you make a change in the past, uh, when you return... Your memories are basically just like updated and you have no memory or recollection of any of the changes you may have done because you are no longer that person. You are the resultant cascade version that you put into effect with whatever you changed.
0: Which does not at all address the issue of, say, the grandfather paradox.
1: That's because the grandfather paradox is fucking stupid.
0: Except the grandfather paradox is a a simple way to explain the question of what would happen in a time travel situation where you travel back in time and you stop yourself from being born. Because if you never travel back, if you were never born, you never travel back in time to make the change that led to you not being born and, well, hence paradox. And that is a... If you can change history, that is a very real problem with
1: the potential of time travel. Except the movie does address that. No, it doesn't. Y- yes, it does. Look at what happens to Sorian. Look at what happens to the atoms. They made an incredibly significant change to the timeline. And we saw what happened to them. It co- the movie covered it. So, which point the...
0: I mean, I suppose preventing time travel being inve- invented is a form of the grandfather paradox.
1: How could he go back in time to unmake time travel if time travel never happened? It's because the change you makes erases that alternate future completely. and And the future you make supplants it. So when you go back to your timeline, you are no longer the person who changed the timeline. You are the version of you that belongs in the new timeline. But unlike the multiversal theory, there's no split. Which is an intriguing method of dealing with it, in my opinion, when it comes to the genre, because usually they're gonna try to like come up with some clever loophole to the paradox or multiversal theory or 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 or. Right?
0: Whereas in this case, it's just apparently
1: The universe says fuck you.
0: Actually, what the universe says is
1: okay. Yeah, okay. Now stop fucking with my shit. Because the epilogue of the movie does show that at least in this franchise, the timeline does have a basic idea of what it wants to do. Yeah,
0: the fact that even though there are some major changes to everything about Mark Ruffalo's character's career going forward and knowledge he has now, he
1: Still ends up dying, apparently in a car accident. And Adam still ends up meeting his, his wife when she shows up to the wrong lecture. On the wrong campus. At the wrong time. And he still offers to, to walk her, and that's how they met. Like, the fact that though that level of detail remained the same across temporal rever- reversion really is the biggest argument in this movie that yeah there is in fact a way that the timeline wants things to go and that if you give it enough time between the change you make and the and and where you are it will try to start making those changes one could argue if you want to get really fucking philosophical and 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 pull away from it take a step back even further His wife finding about all of this and kicking all of this into motion was in and of itself the universe trying to correct itself.
0: One could argue a step even a step further. The universe was trying to correct itself before before things even happened, when a random car accident kills Mark Ruffalo's character.
1: That's possible. Like, we don't know. And that's that's the really cool part about this movie's idea of how time travel works is we don't know how many times the past has been altered by who or what
0: because all we know is that time travel was invented in the 2020s 2030s and by the 2050s saurian runs everything you know we don't know if time travel was invented You know, in the 1980s, or if it was invented in the, you know, 3010s, or,
2: or, or. And we do
1: know for sure that the younger version retains the memories into into the later version, because she straight up admits, listen, that was like 30 years ago. It's a little hazy. So she has some memories
0: yeah
1: uh of meeting her 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 older self so the only evidence at all by the way
0: well also no okay the thing you're that you're thinking
2: is well
1: no because she started looking for you it was like five like five minutes ago or whatever for me it was 30 years ago details are a little hazy because she doesn't have the older version's memories of that conversation. They were erased. So all she's got is half-remembered, hazy memories from 30 years ago of her younger self's perspective, talking to her older self. And the interesting thing of it all is the only, because of the way time travel works in this movie, the only evidence that anything was changed in the first place was that single flight log.
0: Yeah, the log of, some, of something coming back from 2018.
1: When nobody went there in the first place. That's how they know something changed. And the thing of it is, we spent a good portion of the movie, they really have no other evidence that Sorian did anything. So we're kind of just working on faith until Sorian kind of confirms she's the bad guy by, well, threatening to kill everybody
0: yeah well, and the well, you got the fact that okay Laura went back in time to check things out, and then you know her plane gets blown up. mm-hmm, so that in and of itself is kind of a confirmation for her
1: that well, at the very least somebody with access in the program is up to something, if not sorry, and herself, yeah, and she kind of just decides that it's probably Sorian based on the limited information that she has. And honestly, when you're dealing with a time travel conspiracy, deciding that your adversary is the person in charge of the program is probably not a bad move to assume from the start, just to make sure that like you don't... Basically, it's, it's the, the assumption that your enemy is the most damaging person it could be, in order to ensure that you're not underestimating your opponent type of thing.
0: Well, also you consider the fact that you know, old Adam tells young Adam that the future is very Terminator-esque which, from what also we, what is implied is that Saurian is in charge, is like the ruler of the world basically. Yeah. Or at least the country.
1: And, and to be clear, what he actually says is that
2: Terminator is a good day. Yeah. So,
1: yeah, it's not much of a leap to get there if you're Laura. Everybody else kind of taking it on faith a little bit, but it does make sense given a little bit of context. But we, the audience, don't know that. Not really. We're kind of we're, – we are operating almost 100% on – like, call it – 80% on faith at this point that, yeah, Sorian is our bad guy until she shows up and confirms it. Come on. We, the audience, know that
0: Sorian is the bad guy just from the name. Sorian is a villain name.
1: Your face is a villain name. Oh, God. Oh, God. It's your face. What? It's your face.
0: He's right there. It's like destroying the city. My face is not destroying the city. No, not your face. Your face!
1: It's like the who's on first of super villainy. Eleanor, <laughs> <sighs> so, all all, though, uh, like it's, it's, it is a no-brainer popcorn movie, if ever I saw one, right? But it, it poses some really neat stuff if you start extrapolating.
0: And you know, ultimately, it's it's a lot of fun. It's it's sweet. It's got some. It, it's got some things that you don't quite or that you. I it doesn't really have anything that you don't expect, but it does. It doesn't do some. It bleh, I can talk. Can it you? doesn't do some things that you expect it to do. Yeah. You know, because how many movies like this would the death of their father not be an accident. It was all planned by Sorian because he didn't want time travel to be used for profit and blah, 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 blah. So we had to kill
1: him. Or making Laura the damsel, even though he'd been talking up how much of a badass she was the whole movie.
0: Yeah, because I mean, when... When th- shit's hitting the fan, and just out of the blue, she
1: shows up saving his ass. Yeah. Now, it is worth noting, she does die, but it's not fridging. She has agency in the moment. She makes the conscious choice to send him on to complete the mission.
0: She chooses to sacrifice herself, knowing that the fight will kill her, but... She can slow the enemy down enough for him to make the jump to 2018, where he needs to finish the mission.
1: And furthermore, one could also argue that, technically speaking, by the climax of the movie, everybody we know dies. Or at least the versions of them that we know, because in the epilogue, we are shown what happens to young Adam and old Adam, when they are sent back to their fixed time after time travel is nullified. While they are very similar to the versions that we knew, they are not those same versions. There are very clear differences. The Adam, the, the, the younger Adam is a little more compassionate and kind of there's that echoes thing that Laura brings up where, where he just hugs his mom out of the blue. But that's not the only change we see because he was getting ready to go to school. We know that scene. We saw that scene earlier. He was suspended for getting into that fight. So there was definitely a few more changes there that went into that situation. And then for older Adam, he's calmer, happier, snarkier. He, he doesn't have that, that crankiness to him that he had for the, that the adult Adam we knew had. I'm not saying that adult Adam we knew was like broody Batman type crap. No, but there was kind of a little bit of a, 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 a there was a little grit to him, like a little roughness to him. And he kind of needed that roughness to be our action hero, right? But epilogue adult Adam didn't really have that quality.
0: Now, to be fair, epilogue adult Adam was younger and hadn't lived through a dystopic nightmare.
1: True. But he also came across as less angry overall, whereas he spent most of the movie just being absolutely furious at his dad.
0: Also, dying outside
2: of your time does kill you. Oh? One
0: very simple reason that we know this. Because otherwise, they would not have tried to kill the wife outside of of her time. And unless it was a very, very closely kept secret that it didn't kill you, she would have just killed herself outside of her time and gotten snapped back to the proper time.
1: Well, here's the thing. Everything was protocols and tests and theories. Like, it really kind of sounded like they hadn't... Like, the time travel tech was standardized already, but they were still experimenting on actually exploring time. So it's possible they didn't know for sure.
0: No, I, I think, though, Adam's comment, is, it's a very casual comment that dying outside of your time is messy. So it, that, it, that didn't come across as a him seeing it for the first time or learning about it for the first time. It came across more as a.
1: Well He didn't say dying. Yes, he did. No, he did not. He said, being outside of your fixed time gets messy.
0: I watched it with subtitles on. He says, dying outside of your
1: time is messy. Anyway, all in all, it's a decent movie. Uh, Is it the best movie ever? No. I'll be honest. Most of the movies you watch will never achieve that. Like, they're not even in the running. But it's a fun, entertaining movie that poses some pretty good theoretical questions once you start extrapolating off of the swiss cheese plot (laughs) um was there anything else there you needed to cover i don't think so so the adam project uh come for the ryan reynolds stay for zoe saldana kicking all the ass
0: come for twice the ryan reynolds because Walker scobell's basically a mini ryan reynolds
1: He really was just fucking mini me ryan reynolds well, that's it for this week. Please consider rating, reviewing, following, and all that other nonsense on your favorite podcast platforms.
0: If you'd like to tell us how much of idiots we are, uh, believe me, we know, or send kaiju fan mail, you can email us at media at gmail.com, or you can join us on Discord and the various social media platforms all linked in the show notes.
1: You should also check out this great podcast. Uh, who are we promoting this week?
0: Uh. We record these well in advance. I guess we just have to have to listen to the promo to figure out.
1: Hello. I'm a sophisticate, and so can you. Is the name of our podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Anthony. And I'm another of your hosts, Sydney.
0: And we're two queer millennials with ADHD.
1: Who have been lying about our own cultural literacy. If
0: you've ever been in a situation where you pretended to know more than you do about an important movie or a piece of literature.
1: Yeah, or like a super cool band. Then this is the show for you. This is a show where we engage with the canon so that you don't have to.
0: Topics for discussion will include such things as
1: Is Carrie Brownstein
0: the coolest person? Can anyone who likes the movie Chinatown be trusted?
1: Why, Tom Waits, why?
0: All of these questions and more will be answered on every episode of I'm a Sophisticate and So Can You.
1: Available wherever you find your podcast. That was the greatest promo I've ever heard. It moved me to tears. Your
0: acting is so bad, I've already forgotten who the promo was for.
1: I guess I have to go check the
0: show notes to see.
1: We'd also like to give a quick thank you to our supporters on Patreon and Kofi.
0: Especially these
1: idiots. Random Warrior, Rain, and the perpetually banned Ethan Mortis. Thank you.
0: We. Could probably do this without you, but it wouldn't be nearly as much fun.
1: If you like what we do, please consider supporting us on Patreon or Ko fi.
0: You can get access to episodes a week early, shout outs in our episodes, special behind the scenes bonus content.
1: Also, we won't put commercials in our Patreon episodes.
0: Do we put commercials in our regular episodes yet?
1: I don't know. We'll guess we'll have to find out whenever this goes live.
0: (laughs) You can also find us at patreon.com slash T-I-A-A-D media, and koficom ficom slash T-I-A-A-D media.
1: Those links are in our show notes as well.
0: And of course, thank you for listening to Two Idiots and a Dog.